We are the men who. Welcome to the Men Who Talk, the men's mental well-being podcast brought to you by the Men Who. The Men Who is a men's collective for actively maintaining positive mental well-being. With the Men Who, men have the opportunity to talk, listen, support, care for, and help themselves and each other build meaningful connections in person, online, and together. Together, it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. Join us on this lifelong journey. We are the men who, and welcome to the men who talk. Hi everyone, it's John from the men who here and welcome to episode 11 of the men who talk podcast. To mark our 10th episode milestone in our podcasting journey last week, we thought we'd bring you something slightly different this time. As listeners of the podcast will know, at the end of each episode, we ask our guests to leave a question about mental well-being for the next guest to answer, whilst also answering a question from the previous guests themselves. This aspect of the show has been invariably fascinating and contains a huge amount of personal wisdom, experience and guidance on how to actively manage the mind. Episode 11 brings together the best of this wisdom as a compilation of our guest questions and answers. Listening back to it, it truly feels like our guests are in conversation with one another, which is exactly the point of this recurring feature and something that we'll definitely revisit at each milestone in the future. Hopefully you can tune into the next 25 minutes or so with an open mind, an open heart, and apply the lessons from these wonderful people to your own well-being experiences. Thank you as ever for choosing to listen to The Men Who Talk, and we'll see you here soon to continue the conversation. In the meantime, over to our guests. Now, we know who's coming on next. We've got the Edinburgh Blue, Blue Balls coming on next, Mark Miller, um, who founded that. Do you have a question for Mark? I do. I was giving this some thought because I think it's a good, good idea. And uh, I want Mark to think about if he could go back in time and speak to a version of himself who was really suffering, um, what, would you, what would he say to them? What, what, would, kind of, what would his advice be? Would it... Would it be advice? Would it just be a hug? I'd I'd love him to think about that. I think I would probably just give myself a big massive hug and tell myself to go jump in a body of water and hope I took that in the right context. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think uh, it's, I think regrets is, uh, it's a pretty pointless thing. It's, uh, I say that, but uh, like, uh, I have a lot of things that plays in my brain, but like, you've just got to remember that what's done is done. You can't, can't go back and change it so there's no point in, in worrying about it so yeah. but that would that would be nice if uh if i could meet myself in another 10 years time that would be that would be really helpful yeah especially right now in my life yeah and help him frame yes what he's going through exactly yes yeah good man um we don't know who the next guest is yet to okay. be confirmed but do you have a question for he or she uh yes okay so your next guest whoever it is has a well-being superpower and they are allowed to take away one personality trait from themselves. And what would that be and why? Fantastic. I'm going to have a think about that in the week. <laughs> and if it's, if it's only one, that's a struggle. <laughs> personality trait I'd probably remove from myself is, is the inner critic. 
because although I know I'm a nice person, there is still times that I don't feel it. And actually this morning I woke up and I thought, yeah, am I doing the right thing with my life? Am I, you know, in the right way? Can I help people? Am I good enough? Um, which I, I know the answer is yes, I am to all of those, but it still doesn't stop the inner critic coming out to dance. And so that is the one personal trait, if that is a trait. But that's the thing I would get rid of as my inner critic. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be sitting here agreeing with you and I wouldn't be too far away. Um, do you have a question for next week's guest? Yeah. Um, my question is obviously around legacy. Um, so what do you want to leave when you die? And how are you going to live it now? Yeah, legacy is a really interesting concept. I think the legacy I want to leave is as long as I've improved people's lives. There's a really interesting line from Make Tiny Changes, you know, from from um, Frightened Rabbit from Scott Hutchinson's, you know, line in that song, "Make tiny changes on earth." I, f- I think that's probably always resonated me with me, or it's resonated with me since I heard the line, um, because that's kind of where I'm at. Is is that I I don't mind if it's through quizzes, which I know is a nonsense medium. <laughs> like, um, it, as long as people are hearing those questions and coming together, and if I've left a business behind, say, that keeps doing that. Or even I've just helped more people do do that, and I'm quite happy. Like that's for me, I get to 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 live that legacy now because I get to do exactly what I want to be doing, which is make people's lives just that little bit happier by asking a few questions, getting them discussing, getting them chatting. You know, that's the that for me is is the real joy in 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 life for me. So beautiful. And do you have a question for our next guest? I do, I do. My question doesn't really, I suppose, link into anything that we've been talking about too much, apart from potentially... Um, no, I, you know, my my question would be, is if, if you could cut one bad memory from your mind, would you do it? No. Easy answer. Why? Because you know, we've all had plenty of shit experiences. Um, they can be short, they can be slightly longer. Um, for me, um, I don't want to change them. If, if I, you know, pick, let's say, pick a, a, an employer that, that was a challenge to work with. Um, now, having left and, and I can reflect back on that, I can say, actually, whilst it was crap at the time, I can now look back and I can say, I learned so much. Mostly, what not to do how not to treat your employees, how not to treat your staff. Um, however, uh, massive learning opportunity. So I do I regret, do I resent, do I want to change that? No, I don't. Um, I've learnt a ton, and then I can now apply that for my life going forward, especially now I'm a director of a company, and hopefully I'll get staff one day. Um, I know how to treat them right, and I know what will work for them and what won't work. Uh, so I can then be a better person as a result. So. Easy answer. Yeah, great answer. I love this question as well. So I was think I've been thinking about it since uh, since Goose posed the question. And I mean, first and foremost, on the surface, I'm the same. I would I would not take out one negative memory because it shaped me. And then the analogy that quite often comes up in conversations like this is um, is that of sculptors and the marble, right? So we see we see these gorgeous marble sculptures that are perfect, you know, refined, smooth. Um, the image of a man or the image of a woman. But if you think about how they became that, 
some sculptor had to chip away and chip away and chip away a block of marble. And beneath that is the human form. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes think about all these challenging experiences being the chisel. You know, life's chisel. And they're just working away at you until you reach the point where you are. You're not perfect. You will never be perfect. I will never be perfect. But you are every day becoming closer to the form that is the true Simon. Yep. Or the true John. Yep. And that's a really powerful way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's also, you know, by looking back on those experiences, if it was, uh, you know, a negative, uncomfortable thing, by saying, I've learned a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of things from that and what not to do, the example I gave, um, actually takes a lot of pressure off that. It, it actually de-negativizes de-negati- it. If that's a word, I'm yeah. sure some psychologists will correct me. But uh, it, it it's um it, it makes it much more neutral. So I can you know I don't have to have the negativity emotionally attached to it. I can just look back and go, that didn't work for whatever reasons because this this and this. Yeah. Uh, and then I can now know what I want to do and what I need to do to be better going forward. And that's a real point of emotional maturity is to be able to go through challenging periods or 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 take a challenging situation and in real time frame it to say. This is a lesson. Yeah. I will learn from this and this will make the next situation easier to handle. Yep. So the, it's another one. If you look at negative experiences in your own life, um, I think also reaching the point whereby you, you, you start to see them as not only a lesson for yourself, but this will make you uh, a better teacher for others. So, you know, you're fairly recently married. Um, I, I now have two young boys and I very much look at my life lessons as um, being able to pay it forward to them. So yeah. helping them on their journey, you know, I've experienced something tough. It doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and say, this is how you must deal with this situation if it comes up in your life. But as inevitably they will face challenges as they grow up, I will be there not to say, here's the instruction manual, but you have a choice about how you approach this and how you frame it and how you choose to apply it going forward. And just as my parents have done for me, being that guide for them uh, through all these negative experiences is probably one of the most valuable things things that i will be able to instill in in my two boys yeah absolutely and you know even down to the little things now um i'm asking myself okay what do we need in the house for dinner do we need and i'll just send my other half a message saying do we need anything do you want me to pick anything up because it's not just about me now um and i actually enjoy doing that and that's something that you know relationship maturity has come along it's not just you know me um I'm thinking much more broader. Yeah. All valuable grist to the mill. Um, thank you, Goose, for that great question. It's prompted, you know, a lot of thought from Simon and I, obviously. Um, no pressure on you, Si. Uh, what's your question for the next guest on the Men Who Talk podcast? Oh, yeah. I think the question would be, what would, they, what would you be wanting to say to your younger self around mental health as a journey? What what does it take you on? Um, would you be you know giving a advi- give yourself advice? Would you just give yourself the ability to say sit back and just enjoy this is going to happen um, and learn from it? Or w- what advice would you be giving your younger self from that? You know, I'm thinking back to when I was 18 when I was first diagnosed with MS. Um, what what would you be wanting to say to yourself back then uh, for for doing this now and what you're going to go through in life? Beautiful. I think what I'd probably say is don't 
concentrate too much about what other people think and what other people are doing. Because that's something that I did a lot, especially in my kind of earlier age. I, ca- I cared too much about what people thought of me. And now I've realized that w- unless it's kind of close friends, family, whatever, um, then why does it matter what people, what people care about you? And, and that's something that I dwelled on a lot in, in my early years. And I, th- I think that would be the advice I give to myself is that work, work on yourself and, and kind of don't focus on, on others around you who, who are not going to have an impact in your life. Love it. Perfect. Uh, that would be in my top three, I think. Yeah. <laughs> not sure what the one piece would be, but it'd be in my top three because it's yeah. been, been a big issue for me as well. Yeah. Do you have a question for our next guest? Who's the next guest? Have we got anyone lined up? Uh, provisionally, but I won't say just in case. Oh, it it's a big name. It's a big name. It's a big name. It's got 33 letters in their name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The question that I would pass on to your next guest would be, what daily steps are you taking to improve your mental well-being? Love it. Some more, some more practical wisdom then to finish off the next podcast, hopefully. Yeah, there's probably a few things. I um, I'm not a big journaler, but I definitely do check in with myself. I do quite a lot of processing in my own mind, mm-hmm. um, and it's probably because I've been at this stuff for quite a few years now. Um, and also, maybe not necessarily daily, but I definitely go through periods of knowing which tools and techniques I need to implement based on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So I know I haven't done a lot of, um, I suppose, learning, but also experiencing it myself that my diet impacts my mood massively my exercise you know all the go-to stuff but again it's finding what works for you classic theme so like i know if i'm feeling slightly lower mood i might have to have a conversation with my friend or i'll go out a run or i'll go and make a healthy salad for dinner rather than having pizza do mm. you know so i make it i suppose i m- maybe the, maybe the answer is choices i make the right choices for how i'm feeling in that moment and that's because pro- I'm able to process my thoughts internally. Yeah, positive choices. You're, mm-hmm. you're spot on. It's really no more complex than that, even though it's quite a difficult point in your life to reach. Mm. I think the, you know, you just labelled it there, challenge that by saying positive choices. Sometimes <laughs> they're not the most positive. Sometimes my choice is to eat the bar of chocolate. Yeah. And I know, you know, I know I shouldn't in air quotes. Um, but it's knowing what the right choice is for you in that moment doesn't mean that that same choice would be relevant for you the 24 hours from now so I think it's been able uh, and that's come from years of exploration and knowing myself really well that I'm able to make the right choice in the right moment um so yeah I think that's a it's a fine balance I stand corrected the right choice in the right moment there you go I'll remember that yeah um to wrap off to wrap off to wrap up uh, do you have a question for our next guest I was thinking this on when I was walking here, doing some active travel, get my mind going. Um, and I was trying to think about it based on change. So my question is, what I suppose it, coming back to mental well-being as well, but what change in someone's life took them on a different course in terms of their well-being? What I suppose it's coming back to that anchor, that root. But what was it, that one thing if people are happy to share or they can share it generally um, that helped them navigate in the right direction? I, for me personally, I think we've all, I think it's a mixture of those moments when we've heard a yes 
and that might be a relationship it might be a place we've visited and we have a certain feeling of just soness that i'm meant to be here this is there's something happening in this moment that that it just just leaves me feeling connected and those are the little gifts that we experience in life and i'm, I'm fortunate to have had quite a few of those but the opposite is also true there is moments in our life when we've we've experienced a profound no and that often ties in with death and bereavement like when we've lost someone we've loved and you know they're no longer here and how are we going to be but I think gradually the, ma the maturation process that we can all go through psychologically is to realize they're kind of the same, different sides, sorry, of the same coin, and that we need a bit of both to guide us. And actually our losses are just as important, the things we didn't work out for us in the end, than the things that when we felt super connected. And then the real skill is, can we bring them together inside ourselves? And that's, that's the later stages of the healing, like, I've lost this person, but I'm also incredibly grateful for what we shared. And somehow the loss and the gratitude reflect back on each other and, and leave us feeling more full. And then I guess our hope is, can we pass that on? Can our lives touch other people in that way? And not in any kind of financial way that that may come into it, but more like, can we have shared at least something that we learned and, and, and had along the way? At least that's what I think. Yeah, that's what it's all about, ultimately. Um, and just yeah, for anyone listening interested on that topic, if you go back to, I think it's episode three with Cameron Murdoch, and he talks about living legacy. So passing on wisdom or, a, I suppose, non-financial benefit to people whilst you're alive. Um, what's your legacy before you die? It's very worth a listen. Um, Frederick, to wrap up, do you have a question for our next guest? You're going to die. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think that's the, the, the deepest question that we've had on the Men Who Talk podcast so far, but an absolutely brilliant one. Just an easy one. Just, just a nice, easy question. <laughs> well, contained within the question is, what, is, what does it feel like? So... If you don't mind, I might just take a moment to feel what that feels like. Maybe everyone can as well. Of course, feel away. Oh, I get like a... I've thought about this question a lot in other contexts, but in this moment, I'm getting like a heart flutter, the feeling of like, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult thing to understand and comprehend even, the idea of my brain or my consciousness not being here or at least not being in this form. And I, because meditation over many years has taught me that my awareness does seem to be something distinct from my body. So I, although I'm contained in this body and obviously I'm very, I'm, I'm bound up in it, there's maybe part of me or something within me that goes on past death. So it's not that Joe goes on past death with all of my neuroses and foibles and personality. It's that there's an element of me that carries on that's connected to that place I go in meditation that is nothingness, that is connected to all where I hear the sound of a bird outside my window and I think it could be me because I'm so unattached to the personality structure and body that I call Joe in this moment. But having said that, the idea of, of Joe going away it makes me feel um, panicked a little bit. But I also feel peace I, I said this to my partner the other day sky that 
um, I don't really understand. I don't often or ever really have regrets anymore because I understand the world in a different way. I understand that it's a causally kind of constructed unfolding plane in which I'm kind of riding a, a wave, you know, of, of our particular time and period. And I feel like I've lived so much. I feel like I've experienced so much. So I, in a way, when I imagine what it would be like to die or, or I, what I feel like when I imagine my death, I feel quite um, grateful. I feel grateful for having been alive and for having experienced the things I've experienced in this monkey body that I have for this little brief window of time. And so it's, like I said, with, with meditation, it's suffering and it's joy when I, when I think of that question. It's a really difficult one. but. Um, really good to think about i think for people yeah i think it is important to to face that question early in life how do you feel about it john what's your thoughts like you i feel <clears throat> i do feel a sense of peace there is a sense of peace that uh there's a state that you will transition into at the end of all of this um I've got my own views on what i think that state might be and it's linked to it's, it is linked to perpetual energy to to spiritualism um which we'll get into another time i feel a peace that you know, that's my belief and I've reached that belief. There's also a sense of excitement though, and it's an excitement not that, you know, you're gonna die one day, but it's an excitement that you're you're excited I'm excited to get on with the things I want to get on with. And you know, those things sort of pursuing my career, uh, instilling lessons and wisdom and a love for certain things in my children. Um and I don't think you'd have that excitement if you kind of knew that it was just a perpetual ongoingness of life um so i think again it's it's one of those things i think initially when you think about the concepts you probably shy away from it and then and then you probably think negative connotations but then you do get reach a point where you think okay well just like everything else you can choose to channel the energy that this question incites in you in a positive way and i think the energies that i'm starting to starting to channel for me particularly after i spoke to frederick on this podcast is yeah the, the, the peace and the excitement mm. um I think excitement's a really interesting one. Like I almost feel like curiosity as well. Like, oh, what I wonder what's on the other side of, of that, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, that's well. Wow. Need to get someone on to talk about that. But yeah, there is there is a sense of excitement. And you hope that when you reach the end of your life, whether you have time to think about the end of your life or whether it comes in an instant that you know, there will be a part of you that a part of your mind that turns to think, yeah, what's next? How can I bring all the lessons from this? life this experience into that mm -hmm. and contribute positively in whatever way that that kind of manifests i think that's it i think there's something about considering the end of your life that makes you want to contribute more positively as much as you can while you're here you know it's mm. it's somehow again it's that the the accessing truth somehow produces this beauty or grat gratitude for your life absolutely um well, Luke, I think we're going to get Frederick back on at a later date to go into a little bit more depth on this because he brought a huge amount of wisdom to it. And I think we only scratched the surface by his own admission. So we'll look forward to that. Um, before we wrap up and before we get on to our next guest, do you have do you have a question to leave for them? So, yeah, I have a question. Um, it's related to something we talked about today about suffering. Now, the question is, would would you, if you had a button in front of you that could end your suffering for life, would you do it? Given all the things that we've said so far about suffering, having certain benefits and discomfort producing the ability to bear kind of being human, you'd make that choice. 
thank you for tuning in to this special episode of the Men Who Talk podcast. To hear what our next guest has to say in response to Joe's question, be sure to tune into the next episode and follow us on Instagram at the men who underscore. Until then, stay well and keep talking.